Honestly, we Do did, it. in fact, actually talk, discuss what we were going to talk about. And I think that because I was we were, I was reading a little bit about your guys's history or um, individually your your career, your life. And I think that we would love to be able to introduce you and um, what you've been through and kind of be able to tell the story to our, our followers, or our listeners um, of kind of how you started a podcast and, and what really drove that. And then talk about your podcast. Let's take it from there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're we're that's perfect. Let, let let us know when to start and we'll go. Yeah. Let's start right now. I guys. mean, we usually I like honestly, it's probably already started. It did. Oh, actually. I love it. Hey, love you guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, we all, we always start record. And, and we just start listen to then, whatever we're saying. Yeah. So you guys, welcome to another episode of Between the Revs with Brooke, <laughs> Brooke and, and Gina. Gina. We have, <laughs> which you've already been listening to us talk, we have some guests on the show um, via Skype audio. And we've got the guys from Mind Pump Podcast. we got Sal. <clears throat> Are there just the two of you? It's just yeah. Adam and I, yeah. Okay, so we got Sal and Adam. And then is there, there's four hosts for your show. No. Three? No, there's three. three. Yeah, Justin. Yeah, Justin's the other host, and then Doug is our producer. So he'll Perfect. he'll sometimes chime in, but he's just produ- right now. He's just sitting behind, oh, making okay. sure. Cool. Yeah. Well, Doug, yeah. thanks for setting this up, and uh, and welcome. I'm happy that we were finally. I, I'm happy we're finally doing this. I'm kind of bummed that we didn't realize we were so close, yeah. distance right. wise, because we could have actually done you know, it before in person, which we'll do. Yeah. No, I- I look forward to, uh, to, to meeting you guys. Now that I know you're close. Just after all this nonsense is over. I know. Uh, and it's comfortable that, you know, you guys should, yeah, we'll invite you down to the studio and, um, Justin actually lives in Santa Cruz. Yeah. He's up oh, in the, he's oh. up in the area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Well, but yeah. Uh, tell me, tell us about yourselves. <laughs> okay. So, the, so, um, it's funny because, so you, you know, you have Adam and I on the show and mm-hmm. the funny thing is we have very similar, paths, um, through the, through the fitness industry, through our, you know, for our professional careers. Um, we actually probably should have crossed paths at least a dozen times, but we never really did. So, um, we both started, uh, our fitness careers at 24 hour fitness. Um, I started in the late nineties, uh, Adam started in, uh, early two thousands. And, you know, at that time it was, um, the fastest growing fitness organization in the world. This is when Mac Mark Masteroff was running the company. Um, it was a very dynamic company, lots of things to learn. And, uh, both Adam and I independently were known as two, uh, top, uh, producers in the company. So, you know, you're, you're competing with the other clubs in the company. There's 400 locations, there's thousands of trainers and, and, you know, you know, hundreds of managers and whatnot, and you're constantly competing. And I knew of Adam, uh, because we were always both mentioned as, you know, two young, um, you know, what they would consider exceptional performers in the club. And you know, I was grand opening clubs and he was managing uh, a lot of the top uh, fitness departments um, in the company. And we both had mutual friends. You know, there were people that I had hired and that worked with me that then later on worked with Adam or, you know, vice versa. They worked with him and they, then they knew me and they would always mention, uh, and it's funny, you know, we talk about this now. I had no idea this was happening on the other end, but these people would always tell me, you need to meet Adam. You guys will be great together. You guys should work together. So I would hear his name all the time and I'd see him in the, in the leaderboards or the, you know, they would send out a, a, a performance review or whatever, but I never actually uh, met him. So, you know, fast forward, um, I had left 24 fitness. I had opened up my own 
personal training studio. He had left the industry and, and actually started some of the first medical marijuana clubs in, in San Jose. So we pivoted out of the industry a little bit. Um, but we were still aware of each other. And, uh, you know, years later, I created a, a workout program. I, I, Doug, who's our producer, actually was one of my clients. And he came to me after training him for a little while. And he said, hey, you know, I have a little bit of internet marketing experience. If you ever have anything you'd like to sell online, let me know and I'll help put it together for you. And so I created uh, the first MAPS program. So, you know, one of the ways we, we monetize uh, our podcast is we sell fitness programs and they're all called MAPS, um, M-A-P-S, and they're all, you know, different for different individuals. But the original one was called MAPS Anabolic and we put together all this internet marketing material and I wrote some stuff around it and I had remembered Adam and at this time I had watched him grow his social media influence. Um, I was very inactive on social media. I could care less about it. Um, but I had watched Adam grow his, his following at the time he was competing, um, as a, a physique competitor and had gotten a, a pro card. And so him and I started contact, you know, started talking to each other through DM and then text. And, uh, because I had some heard so many good things about the guy, I thought, what a great person to ask his, uh, an honest opinion. Cause I really wanted an honest opinion on the program that I put together, the marketing material, I wanted feedback. I wanted feedback from somebody that I had respected. So I asked him if he would, you know, look it over and let me know what he thought. I sent it to him and um, he called me um, shortly after and we got on the phone and talked about uh, our opinions of the fitness industry, the directions we saw, all the things that we had learned through the years. We had worked, you know, with clients, training people, managing gyms, and we agreed uh, that we should probably meet and talk about doing something together. Um, and so at that time, Adam, uh, his partner was Justin. They were working on a, a side project. Doug, of course, was the, you know, the guy that helped me put together this program. Um, and so we all met uh, in Adam's living room. And um, that first meeting, I mean, it was immediate. You could sense that the chemistry was, uh, it, it was just un undoubtable. It was, we, we talked for four hours straight. Um, we all had the same drive and motivation. You know, all of us really saw the potential, the good potential that the fitness industry provide because, you know, uh, chronic health problems are, are, those are the main health problems that we're not being able to solve through Western medicine. And we saw the fitness industry could really help that. But we also saw a lot of the negative aspects of the fitness industry, things that used to annoy us, the, you know, the, the way that it would market to people's insecurities and how it made pe people feel bad and all the terrible workouts and diets and supplements. And so yeah. we said, let's start a podcast and let's be brutally honest. Um, and the good thing about the podcast space is it's uh, no, very little barrier to have to have a sponsor. So we could be totally honest and raw. You know, that was, that's always our tagline, raw fitness truth. Um, and we were just, we had a great time and it resonated. It seemed to resonate, uh, you know, with a lot of people. Yeah. Cause there is, there's a lot of misinformation out there. And there's always new misinformation. Right. <laughs> Fake news. Being created constantly. Yeah. It's not only that. It's at this, uh, when we did this, like, cause it's been over five years now. And when we were meeting and talking, it was six years ago. And at that time, the, the formula of success in the fitness space, and it still is today. Um, so I really think that we're one of the first to really come in and disrupt this is 
the, the, you, you build a community and once you've built a community of people, whether that be through, uh, fame in a magazine or, uh, you're super good looking on social media. So you get all this attention and then you take that network of people and the majority of people in the space get picked up by a supplement company. And then your message ends up turning into just pitching whatever products and you make a commission or you have a partnership with them, whatever, or you start your own. And that's been kind of the formula for like really big success in our space. And it's been that way for a really long time. And one of the things that all three of us agreed on is you know, the thousands of, of clients that we've trained over two decades was I can't think of a single one of them that I fundamentally changed their life uh, through giving them supplements or telling them like, this is the best fat burner or make sure you take your branch chain amino acid or make sure you get like, so if that was true, then why is that a majority of what the message is when you get into the magazines, when you get into ma people of the masses that have large followings and we wanted to expose that. And because we knew that we didn't have to make any money when we first started this, uh, we all had different careers and businesses that were doing fine. It was a passion project. Uh, we weren't worried about risking no supplement companies are going to want to sponsor us. And we didn't care. We said, oh, who cares if, we, if that's the main way that people monetize podcasts or through supplement companies. If you're a fitness podcast, uh, we didn't give a shit. Uh, we didn't care if it didn't make any money or not. Uh, our goal was just to kind of expose the truth and, and share that. And like Sal said, it resonated and it just, it grew organically. And we didn't hire a, a marketing team until year three, I think, yeah, year mm -hmm. three before we did that. Uh, the first whole year, even though Sal had created Maps Anabolic. We had an online digital program to sell. We didn't sell it though. We didn't even tell our audience. So we did over 200 and something episodes uh, before we even mentioned that we had something to sell. We uh, waited until we felt like people were banging on our door to sell something to them. And that's when we released the, the first program and began to monetize. But up to that point, it was just about presenting as much good information. And a lot of that was uh, counter common knowledge. And I think that's what uh, people really appreciated. We had some crazy, probably narcissistic vision that we could actually three guys come in and completely change the fitness industry. Right. Uh, we really did probably believe that. Um, we and, still do. <laughs> we still do, right? Uh, and so, you know, and here we are five years plus later. And, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of messages that I think we're, we, we feel like that we are a big part of that is, starting to spread. And I think more and more uh, people are becoming more transparent and authentic with uh, the stuff that they're presenting. And I, I think authenticity is becoming cool again. And I think we live in a very superficial world and with social media, it's an incredible tool, but it's also really fake a lot of time. Yeah, and most of the time, yeah, oh, most of the time. <laughs> right. And, and we led in a way that I think most people and definitely most fitness men would not do in the space. We led with our insecurities. Uh, we, we shared that on the podcast. You got three macho looking dudes uh, talking about their feelings and their insecurities and how it was a major motivator uh, during their fitness path. And I think that just resonated with a lot of normal people. And we also saw that a lot of the most successful people in the fitness space were also competing over the same small sliver of people. Like they're, they're all, it's like you're, you're, if you're, if you come from the you either, there's like the entertaining side and there's like the academic, uh, academic side. 
the academic side is over there talking about how much smarter they are than somebody else, or uh, my study says this, and they're arguing over semantics. Uh, the entertainment side is like, look at me, or what, what can I do uh, to get the attention of these people? And they're all speaking to the same small pool of people. And we really were more interested in the 80% of the people that didn't think that fitness was for them. That, right. oh, I don't, I just, the normal I don't people. have, yeah, normal ass yeah. people, my mom, you know, you know my, my mom, my aunts, like, family members and, and stuff and people that are clients, the people that would hire us for many years, you know, your average engineer who, you know, is doing it because he has to do it because his doctor told him to do it. Like we're trying to get those people interested in taking care of themselves. And we're not worried about fighting over the people that are already motivated to go to the gym since that, that, that portion is much bigger. Yeah. And so our just message, out there trying um, to inspire, <laughs> everyone's exactly. trying to inspire somebody. <laughs> 100%. That's yeah. a, you know, we, we're all inspirational we, we, now. Right, right. You know, followed up with a really <laughs> shitty inspirational quote on their Instagram <laughs> post. Yeah, so true, right? We, I mean, I say it all the time. Motivation is bullshit. Self belief is everything, and that's just it. Is that we we didn't want to we weren't going to come in and try and compete with those people. We we really believed that that was the wrong message for the majority. Yeah, it, it's funny because you know hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? So you can always look back and say, oh, this is what worked and this is what didn't work. And again, we had zero experience. So, you know, here we are three knuckleheads on the podcast. Um, and we're just, we don't have any media experience. We don't know how to talk into a mic properly and how to open a show properly. But what we did have, and this is again, hindsight. So what we did have was decades of communicating of experience, communicating fitness and health to everyday people through training clients. And what you learn when you train everyday regular people for years and years and years is you learn how to communicate very effectively, very, very effectively. And so this is what came across even in those early days when we were shitty podcasters was, was that effective communication? You know, like right. I'll give you, I'll give you a really good example. Here's a good example. Like one of the things that took me years to learn as a trainer was, you know, when clients hire you, to train you, you know, they don't necessarily relate to you. You know, they look at you and they see you, you're this fit person, you're younger, maybe um, you work out all the time. You love fitness. Like you don't know me. I got three kids. I'm busy. You know, I've got problems with my diet. I've, I, I got to working out. I hate working right. out. I got to lose 50 pounds. And so that's a tough hurdle. And, and what you learn is if I can get over that hurdle, if I can connect and relate to this person, they're going to, it's going to be a lot easier for them to hear what I'm saying about fitness, nutrition, and health. And one of the easiest ways to do that that took me forever to figure out was to be honest, authentic, and vulnerable. Like if this person yeah. sees me, I'm this perfect person that loves working out, and then, you know, my conversation, and they tell me about how they want to lose weight, and I say to them, hey, you know what motivated me to work out? I was really, really skinny. I did a lot of bad things to my body because I hated the way I looked. I was very insecure. Automatically, right away, they start to see that, oh, this person's real. Yeah, just they like connect I, to you. Totally. And right. then they hear what I have to say. Here's another example. I'll give you another great example. So a new, you may have a client that comes to you in, as a new trainer, and they may say to you, this is one of the most common objections that you'll hear from everyday people when it comes to fitness. They'll say they just don't have enough time. It's just, I'm so busy. I've got kids. I've got a full-time job. I've got bills. I've got a spouse, so a wife or a husband. I just don't have the time to dedicate to fitness. Now, the inexperienced, new trainer, um, you know, the motivational trainer might say something like, you know, you got to find the time. We all right. have 20 day. It's all up to you. It's how you prioritize. You know, you got, we all have the same amount of time during the day. Oh, and by the way, if you prioritize working out, it benefits everything else and you're healthy and you're fit and all that stuff. Now that's all true. 
There's nothing wrong with that, but it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Here's a better approach. Better approach is this. Client comes to you and says, I just don't have a lot of time. I don't have enough time to dedicate. And then I would respond, how much time do you think you have? Like what's realistic for you? And then whatever they give you is what you work with. Uh, One day a week. I can come here one day a week. No problem. I'm going to train you one day a week. One day a week is way better than zero days a week. And we can go really far with that. And then what you learn is by getting them to come once a week, showing them that that's okay. This is how we're going to work out. Doing your best with that one day a week is eventually they start to come back and say, I think I have another day a week I can work out. They find more time. Exactly. It's a far more effective way of communicating. And so again, hindsight, uh, you know, how did mind pump achieve its, its initial success? Terrible podcasters, but really good at communicating fitness. That was it. That's, that's, that's where it started. Yeah. Yeah. People just need to feel equal to you, you know? And I, I do think that like, um, for me as, you know, a, a personality or even in my sport or in how I gained popularity and how I've become someone who I have a, like a, you know, a pretty big following but the percentage of people that genuinely listen to me and uh, engage with me is very high. And that's like, that's something that's super valuable. And it's because, you know, from the very beginning, I've focused so much on being real and authentic and um, being open and, and vulnerable when it, even when it felt like it was really hard to do that, you know, and um I, I've just kind of always lived that way and was that way with social media and with, with, was that way with, uh, you know, interviewing or answering questions and things. And I've mentioned this to people too, that have come to me being like, how do I build my social media? How do I get sponsored? How do I do this? And, and my biggest response is always like to be authentic and be real and vulnerable because a lot of time you'll see people that will grow, you know, popularity because they're pretty and they take great photos and they and what they're doing is they're posting exactly what they think people want to hear or see and then you start doing that and you start to become this persona that's not it's like a piece of you but not all of you and it can become very exhausting and at some point how are you going to be able to keep that up you know totally i totally totally agree with that um it's uh you know, luckily for us, we started this as, uh, you know, we were not young kids. You know, we weren't in our early yeah. 20s. I think if we started in our early 20s. It would have been a little bit different. But we were at the age, you know, we were all in our mid-30s, uh, lots of experience, uh, you know, working in, in the fitness space, working with clients. And uh, we, you get to a point where you don't care. I don't care if you like me or you don't. I'm just going to be kind of who I am. And it's it's just more effective when I when I train my clients. Luckily, we entered into it in that way. And you're absolutely right. How exhausting it must be to be someone else, uh, through media and then to get popular for that fake mm-hmm. persona. Right. Gosh, I couldn't imagine walking around getting recognized by somebody and knowing that who they're recognizing or you know why they like me is not who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, we've met people like that. There's a know? lot of them. In this yeah. Show. We've met people, you know, YouTube celebrities and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And we, them, and you talk to them in person, like, wow, that person is way different. Yeah, that must yeah. be that must be a, a terrible, like, exhausting place to be when you're 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 walking around and you're not who everybody thinks you are. So screw that. And 
it doesn't guarantee, by the way, it doesn't guarantee success. I mean, you could be your authentic self and nobody cares. Yep. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Right. <laughs> or, when, or when you're like way shittier looking in person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, that would be exhausting. No, no, what do people tell us? Oh my God, you guys are so much prettier in person. Oh we're yeah, like, no, I was told you. that you're taller and prettier than I thought you were. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. See, isn't that I great? Like, Thanks. I mean, yeah. I guess that's better than yeah. You're you're oh. uglier than I thought. I've definitely met some, you know, YouTube, very popular people uh, and had real conversations with them because I got to know them as their, you know, who they really were. And it's, it's so sad, you know, seeing them being in such a a dark place. And a lot of it kind of comes from like, they need to keep doing what they're doing so they can keep, you know, making money and pay their bills and like grow this thing. But at the same time, it's just, they're just so exhausted and so yeah I think, I think we all see it a lot right now because it's relatively new still right i mean mm-hmm. facebook and instagram and snapchat and all those things they weren't even having been around that long and you know we saw a lot of uh you know insta fame happen kind of overnight uh relatively quick when the when the platforms came out and you know there were some people that were having some great financial success from it and so that just you know, the droves of people came in after that and are trying to duplicate what they're doing. So then they too can have success. And so I think we're seeing a lot of the effects of that, that, okay, so you, you, you've reached millions of followers and maybe you've been making a little bit of money, but you're not happy. And that happens all, it happens in fitness all the time. We talk about this, about uh, reaching fitness. We just an episode about mindset. And, you know, a lot of times people are so focused on the result and then they get there and they think that if they get there, they'd be happy and they're not happy. Right. Um, I, I think the same thing happens when uh, people get into the Instagram and Facebook and YouTube game. They get in there going like, you know, my goal is to be an influencer. This, exactly. Become yeah. an influencer. And, and then they get to that point and they realize, shit, it's not what I thought it was going to be. And I'm, I'm not as happy as I, I thought I'd be. And you, you sometimes have pigeonholed yourself into a position where you, you have to continue doing this because it's now become your main source of income and it pays your mortgage or it pays your rent. And, you know, now you're like, shit, I got to keep doing this because it's the only way that I can continue. And so I think we're seeing a lot of that. We're seeing a lot of, I mean, it has to be feeding into the, the rise of depression and mm-hmm. anxiety, all the things that we see. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it's really, really clear, uh, or at least it became very clear to me when I first met some of the the fittest, leanest, you know, most awesome looking people um, in fitness and you meet them and they're ripped and they're shredded and you get to know them and you realize they have the worst body image issues, uh, Mm -hmm, worse than there are more body image issues and eating disorders in professional fitness than there is in the general population. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and you start to see that and realize, wait a minute, you're representing health, but you, you, you're not doing very good. Yeah, You're not healthy. And those are the people that are communicating, you know, they're communicating fitness and health. And look, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily blaming them. Consumers are the ones that drive that. Um, but there's something to learn from them. Um, you know, one thing that we looked at, you know, Adam mentioned the academia side and the entertainment side. You know, academia has got really, really good information. 
um, but they don't get the attention. The entertainment side does. The, the, the good-looking, you know, razzle-dazzle gets all the attention. Well, if we're going to win this information war in the fitness space, if we're going to beat the bad information, not by silencing them, because don't, we don't believe in that, but by beating them because our information is good, the only way we're going to beat them is if we communicate our, our information better. We have mm-hmm. to have a, right. or we have to be entertaining too. Yep. We got to be able to get people's attention too. Um, and so that, that's a big component of our show is the entertainment factor. We have an intro where we do current events and we know, look, this part of that is, you know, I, we got great information, but if we're not entertaining you or we're not, or we're boring, yeah. it doesn't matter. You're going to go to the other person. So the only way to win is to fight fire with fire. And so it's like, how can we, how can we say the right stuff, but make it sound cool and sexy and sell it better to you, the other guy? Like, how can I sell? And that's a hard sell, by the way. Let me tell you, like, <laughs> you got this person over here that says you're going to lose, you know, 30 pounds in 30 days and look amazing. And then you got me over there that says it's going to take you a year and it's a long, hard road. Right. You know, um, that's a hard sell. So you got, you got to figure out how to do that. But, um, you know, I think there's a lot of potential in our space. I think, if you look at all of our of our long term, you know, chronic health problems like obesity, diabetes, and, and a lot of the preventable cancers, um, the fitness space is the space that has all the answers. It really does. Of all the spaces that exist, the medical space doesn't. They don't have the answers for chronic problems. We know this. If you your doctor is not going to help you uh, learn how to have a, a better relationship with food and exercise so that you lose weight and have better health forever, they're not going to help you with that. Um, you know, it's the fitness space. The fitness space mm-hmm. can do that. So, you know, our goal is to, 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 to shift it however little we can to change the course of the direction of the space. And the way we do that is by trying to get, get the popularity, get the, the success, because that's who people tend to follow. And so if we're doing well, then other people in our space are going to say, what are they doing? Okay, let's see if we can move in that direction. And we've had some success. You know, the show now you know, reaches over 2 million, you know, downloads a month. And, and that, that puts us as one of the top most popular fitness podcasts. Still a lot of work to be done because when you look at like how many people, you know, other popular fitness companies reach that aren't necessarily promoting the right stuff, it pales in comparison. But we're trying and it's growing. Um, and I think, you know, the longer we do it and the more we can influence other people to do it that way, I think uh, the better. And that's really what drives us. It's really what's, what's driven us in, from day one, um, and it, it's what's continued to drive us, and I think it'll always drive us. I think that um, something that's super powerful, that it could be like a, you know, not necessarily a slower way to grow bigger, but it's, it's you're, you're having, we're having to take sort of, it's a slower route, but it's, it's the longevity in it is so much more powerful. Um, being able to connect with more people and create real relation interaction and relationships that actually, you know, change people's lives. And it's, and it's doing it that way. It's being authentic. It's being real. It's not taking, you know, doing things a certain way just because it's a, it's a short, it's like a shortcut to be more popular. And that's what a lot of people will do because they're a little desperate. I think it's really cool for you guys, how you said you started, which is kind of how me and Gina started. Like it wasn't about making any sort of income. No, it was never considering, really yeah, no, <laughs> it was <laughs> never considering still. like, this is a means to an end financially. It was more so like, this is just another great way for us to be able to communicate more often with the people that 
you know, want to hear from us and that we can be a really positive influence for and change people's lives. And, and when that is the goal and like a, like you chase that and you don't chase the dollar, you know, it might take a little bit longer to end up, you know, get to where it is still helping you financially and can become something really um, great on that end, but it will last. It just, it will last so much longer. And well, well, and I feel like it's something you you can like feel good about. Oh yeah. yeah, (laughs) You know what I mean? Like even if it does, even if it isn't like successful, at least we can like feel good about what we did. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's how you, it's funny that, um, you know, social has changed the landscape so much because these are really like fundamental rules of building a business two decades ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and I, I mentor a lot of trainers that are trying to build like a social following and always looking for the, the quick hack to get an extra hundred or thousand or 10,000 followers. And I always find it so interesting because, you know, in the old brick and mortar days, if one person walked in your store and you just opened your doors and you're going, you're ecstatic. And how do you treat that person? You walk over to them, you talk to them. What can I do for you? You befriend them. You only got one customer. Mm-hmm. You know, the next day, two or three might come in. And you, and the, the way you talk and treat uh, each individual that is paying attention to your business is so different. We live, and I think social feeds this instant gratification uh, generation that's growing up right now of, you know, like it's, I'm not happy unless I'm getting thousands of new followers. Mm-hmm. It's like, Jesus. Do you really need that to have a successful business? You right. don't. No. If you got if you got five hundred people that fucking love you and love what you have to say and believe, and you're changing five hundred people's lives, Jesus, you could build a, a very substantial business off of five hundred people. Yeah, yeah. You, so instead of focusing so much on like growing a larger amount of people or growing all this attention, why not really focus on the handful of people that are paying attention? and service the shit out of them and add value to their lives. If you, and if you do it that way, those people are the people that go out and go tell a friend, Oh my God, you have to listen to these guys at mind pump literally have changed my life. They better my relationship with my spouse. I've lost, and they, they go out there and they advertise for you. And then they guess they bring one or two more people in, but those one or two more people trust that opinion of that friend. And then that person. That, and so if you think like that and you approach you know, growing a business through social media like that versus what's happened right now of always looking for like the quick gimmick to drive Mm -hmm. a bunch of traffic, you're playing the wrong game because any fool can have a million followers and build a two or $300,000 business. If you have millions of eyes on you, you could go like what a lot of people do and order a a clothing from China and you could flip it, put your logo on it, and sell it for double the price. And there's enough eyeballs on you that 1% of the people or half a percent will purchase. And that's enough to make six figures in a year. But that's not a real business. Eventually, those kids grow up and aren't going to wear your T-shirt with your name on it fucking when they're 30-something years right. old. Right. <laughs> and not tell their- that's so true. They get a little older and they're like, what? <laughs> How did I yeah, even pay attention to those people for so long? <laughs> Absolutely. And oh my God, I, I guess I am just wearing some generic shirt that's just embroidered their name on it. Like it's not, you're not, a, and the, 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 you're, it's also giving the people that are having success with something like that, uh, a, a false reality because they think like, you're not, I, I remember, I this is coming and I want to make this clear because this is your audience. They don't know me. Mm-hmm. I come from a place of, I fucked up and did all those things too. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I tried it. I tried three different clothing lines. 
you know, in my, in my early twenties thinking that I was, and you know, the, the, I think the moment that really dawned on me that, that this isn't going to happen for me is that I can't compete with Ralph Lauren or Calvin Klein. Like I don't have that. But I was still caught up in what you, what you, what a lot of these kids see right now, which is uh, gain all this popularity. And then I can sh- start a t-shirt line or a clothing brand. Mm-hmm. That's not real. Mm-mm. That's not the people aren't buying it because you put out amazing clothes. You've done something that they think you're cool or they look up to you right now. And so then they, they support, they buy it. It's not a real business and it's fleeting. And I think that you see so much of that right now. And so it's just kind of perpetuating it's, more and more people doing it. You know, it's, it's funny. A lot of the lessons you learn, this is why I love fitness so much. A lot of the lessons you learn through fitness, you actually can apply to other things, including how to build a business. You know, what, a while ago we got a question. So we do these episodes where we answer questions uh, from our audience. So they'll ask us fitness and health questions or whatever, and we'll, we'll answer them. That'll be part of the episode. And one question that kept popping up was, you know, what would you, what, what do you think if there was like a, uh, you know, if scientists came up with a pill that could make you fit, like you just take the pill and you know, you, you just get more muscular and burn more body fat. Like, I'd, what buy do you think? I'd buy it. I'd buy it. So, and it kept popping up and it, you know, and, and that might actually be a reality one day. And so I thought about this for a while and you know, we got on the podcast to talk about this and I thought, you know, uh, if you took a pill that you woke up the next day very fit, would you have the same benefits as the person that went through and learned all the things that it took to accomplish that kind of a lifestyle, to have that kind of a relationship with exercise and nutrition? Definitely not. Right. Um, remember clients that I've worked with, uh, you know, I, I, at one point I specialized in working with the, with the severely overweight. And I remember the success, uh, the clients I had who went through and tried to develop the relationship with food and exercise and, and, and really learned how to enjoy the journey versus some of the clients that I had that tried to take certain medical shortcuts. And I understand the need for that sometimes, but I could see the, the disparity in success. And, and it, here's another good example. Um, you could climb Mount Everest, get to the top, or you could take a helicopter and get dropped off. The view at the top is the same, but which person is going to appreciate it differently and which one is going to have grown far more, which person is going to, it's all about the journey. It actually has nothing to do with the destination at all. Uh, And this, by the way, this isn't just my opinion. This is fact. You can see, there are studies done on lottery winners, people who win millions and millions of dollars overnight. The, the percentage of them that are bankrupt, the percentage of them that have terrible problems because of the, 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 the windfall of money that they want afterwards is astronomical. And you think to yourself, well, you know, a lot of the problems shouldn't solve. In fact, it was the exact opposite. And part of the reason was they didn't develop any of the behaviors, strategies, discipline, and go through the trials and tribulations that it takes an honest person to earn, you know, $50 million. They were just given the money and, and they, they find that their happiness levels back down to baseline after a few years. And so it's, it really is all about the journey. This is one of the things that we communicate to the, to our audience where it's, you know, look, uh, yes, I know your goal is to lose, you know, X amount of weight. That's your goal. But the way you're going to get there long-term is by the things you learn through the journey. The, the, really the destination means nothing. The destination will, will happen. One step after another eventually gets you to the top of Mount Everest. But it's appreciating and understanding and 
enjoying and uh, you know respecting the journey that makes it uh, a success. It's not the result. It's not the destination. And I think this is something that uh, needs to be communicated more often, not just in fitness, uh, you know, but in other things. And so if, if here we are as a, as, a, as a fitness podcast and we have goals that we set ourselves, but if we didn't enjoy the journey, if we didn't relish in the, the struggle and in the learning process and the growth process, um, boy, would it suck. It would even if we hit the goal, it would it would it would be terrible. It wouldn't be worth it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, It's it's worth it because uh, of the journey and the struggle. Yeah, all the hard work. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate you and want to stay connected with you. So please rate, review, and subscribe to help this podcast grow. And if you like the podcast, get the word out. And now back to the show. I just had an interview uh, a couple days ago, <clears throat> and they had asked me. I think it was the one I did for Fox. Actually, they had asked me a question. They, you know, they were talking about um, this movement of body positivity, and wanted to ask my opinion or how I felt about like if I think that it really is like this movement and things are changing and, you know, and I kind of told them to, I said, you know, anytime you bring up something like body positivity or um, self-esteem or like strong is beautiful, like all these things. And like, it's kind of almost opening a can of worms when I'm trying to try and explain how I feel about a lot of these things or, or what I think the reality is. And kind of a point that I ended up making was when it comes to body positivity, you know, I kind of said, this is something that's like people dealing with that and having to cope and learn and change and the ups and downs. It's, it's never going away. And so do I think that there's been a shift in, in like media and how they're, you know, portraying yeah. things in a way that can affect people in a really positive way? I'm like, yes, I do. You do see big businesses that are, you know, changing the, the models they're using for modeling their clothes and all the, all the stuff I said, but you have to remember that not only, do we change our like physically as we age? We're constantly going to be doing this ebb and flow of ups and downs. And I said, I think where we're going wrong is still focusing on directing people's attention to how people look, you know, and like saying like we should appreciate your body, we should appreciate your body. And I, I told him I said I think that if if more people promoted happiness and worked with people on a way of just how to you know like you said enjoy the process and be happy and everyone was fighting a lot more for instead of just like focusing on like if you direct someone's attention who has insecurities with their body and you're going to direct their attention to their body it's going to be very hard for them to ever sort of get over that you know and 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 in all of a sudden accept things about them but if we yeah. start working with them from like use like a mindset and teaching them how to think about things differently and, you know, care about things outside of like just trying to fight so hard. Yeah. Trying yeah. to fight so hard for like people accepting you for your body. It's like, that's where we're going wrong, you know, on like a big scale is, and, and I mentioned it to him with like uh, the whole, like I was filming Wonder Woman at the time when they were really pushing for like strong is beautiful, you know, and, 
And so my honest opinion to them about that was like, well, you know, it's, uh, I am someone who was bullied growing up for how I looked because I was physically very strong and that's genetics for me. And I still, it's like, just because in, you know, in the media or in Hollywood now, you know, they're pushing this like, oh, now, you know, strong is beautiful and trying to speak that. I said, the reality of the situation is that's across the board with all the different people that are around and like different ages, we still, everyone's still entitled to whatever they think is beautiful or they don't. And a movement that you think is happening is so much smaller than the amount of people that actually are deciding for themselves. And so more people need to focus on trying to find happiness for themselves and work on mindset and just to be happy and to allow people to be different and, and hope that they're happy. You know, that's going to push a lot more, you know, that's going to do a lot more for, um, you know, equality or body positivity and, and I don't think that, I mean, that is happening. And I think with the whole movement of like people being more mindful and, you know, there's a lot more talk. There's a lot more people like you guys, like being very vulnerable and being open and honest. Like the more we can do that, the more we show that we're just, we are accepting, you know, the good and the bad and, and being vulnerable with things you've been through. That is how we're going to make more of a big change than just, you know, I mean, it was an interview with it was a media thing so but in that world like in Hollywood and things like that it's like just because you're now saying that strong is beautiful that doesn't mean that that is how everyone feels right you know and just like I'm not strong so like (laughs) you know what I'm saying like well so now if strong is beautiful like where does that leave me you know what I mean like why can't we all just be beautiful Jesus here here's uh I believe actually, Doug, wasn't this our, my, our last bad review? I think I got for this. I went on a rant about this topic. Oh yeah. I love uh, it. it was. Yeah. I think this was our, my last, the last bad review I got was, uh, uh, when this was, uh, going around, I don't know, maybe what would you say six months a year. Yeah. Ago, when, when we answered this, we're talking. um, the, the truth is that there's, there's a difference between self image and body image. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you can be somebody who is 300 pounds. I don't give a shit what you say, okay? You have fat. Right. You have body fat, okay? Oh, yeah. And that is the result of the choice that you make. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean you are fat. So there's right. a difference there, right? Mm-hmm. You're not fat. You have fat as a result of the choices that you've made. So you can still love yourself for who you are, mm-hmm. but also still accept that you're not truly loving yourself because if you were, you would take care of yourself better. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, and that is, that's what's wrong with that message is, yeah, there's, there's a. Well, cause a, there's a, proven medical issues that you will have for. 100%. Right. You can't, tell, you can't tell me, okay. Somebody who has got, uh, uh, they've got diabetes, uh, they're severely obese and that they are truly fully loving themselves. Sure, they may love love themselves. I'm a good person. Sure. I'm, I, I I have lots of friends. I'm very positive. Those are all, and you should say all those things to yourself, and you should be positive. But there's nothing wrong too with accepting that. You know what though? An area that I'm not taking care of, I'm not feeding myself correctly. I'm not moving enough correctly, and it and it shows in the reflection in the mirror, and that is my body image, not my self image. Mm-hmm, right. And so 
have to you have to learn to separate the two and that and what happens with the, that that overarching message is it kind of blurs those lines and it makes it tries to draw a line in the sand that you're either for people accepting who they are or you're not it's like no 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 no, right. that's not it at all like we come from a very positive mindset and we teach all just i mean sal just said it a few minutes ago when he was talking about how we try and teach clients to speak to themselves when they look at the mirror. Don't look at yourself and say, I'm fat because you're not fat. Mm -hmm. You have body fat. Okay. We all have body fat and some of us have a lot more Mm -hmm. and it's a result of what we're doing. That's all it is. It's fucking science. That's all that is. This is not who you are as a person and individual. And we need to learn to separate the two of those. And the problem with this, uh, overarching uh, message of you know self love and where it's going is it's distorting that for a lot of people and that is a false reality. It mm-hmm. is, and, and, and you know, look, I feel for um, I, I feel for people who have uh, you know issues with food and, and, they, and they have issues with obesity because it's a you, you're such a visible um, you know such a visible example of some of the ways that you might not be taking care of yourself. You don't necessarily see that with other ways that we tend to hurt ourselves, right? Mm-hmm, you could right. Be, like you don't look at me and say, "Oh, that's an alcoholic." <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I mean, or, or, or I don't wear that bad. on the outside. No, I'm just kidding. Go right? Ahead. Or you know, you just you know, bad with relationships. Right. I have I'm a terrible friend. I'm a terrible maybe right. dad, or right. I, you know, I'm irresponsible with my finances. You don't always see that, so I feel for people in that situation because it's easy to point at them, right? It's easy mm-hmm. to look at them and judge them. Um, it's fine. We should do that because I mean, we're all, we all got our challenges. Let's be honest. Um, some of us can hide our, our, our challenges better than the other, but the problem, you know, like what, with Adam, what Adam's saying, the problem with, you know, the, the current, and by the way, the reason why marketers are showing pictures of, you know, different bodies and stuff isn't because marketers are altruistic. Let's get, let's, let's understand this for a second. Marketers are not altruistic. No. Marketers are trying to sell a product. What drives what they show are the consumers, okay? So if marketers are showing different bodies, it's because it might be working because we're buying their product. Mm-hmm. It's always a reflection on us. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't like to always blame, um, you know, the, the mark because the market is just like, you know, why are there so many liquor stores? Because people buy alcohol. Like, why right. are there so many, you know, why do cigarettes, ex- you know, because people smoke. Like, right. it's our decision. and We're the ones driving that. So I want to, you know, be clear with that. But the, the problem with the modern, body positivity movement is the same problem I would see with clients or people that I, in the past that would say things to me like, you know what, I'm going to stop working out. I'm going to stop watching my, my diet because I just want to, I just want to enjoy life. It's like, right. okay. Right. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, I remember years ago I went to a dinner uh, with my ex-wife. This is back when I was married to her and we went to a dinner and we sat around, the, you know, a table with a lot of her coworkers and she worked in a tech company. So, so nobody there was in the fitness space. Right. So, they all were all asking each other. They were all asking me what I did for a living. And I told them, Oh, I'm in the fitness space. So immediately when you say that you can tell sometimes people are, are like, Oh, this person's a fitness person. They're going to watch what I'm eating or whatever. <laughs> I'm aware of that. Not a big deal. So we're hanging out. And one of the, one, this lady that was sitting at the table, um, you know, you know, bigger woman, she says, you know, I had a friend who, you know, was really into exercise and eating right. And, you know, at 50 years old, she got breast cancer and died. You know what? After that happened, I said to myself, screw it. It's not worth it. I'm just going to enjoy my life. Uh-oh. And so I, I heard that. I listened to that. And I said, okay. I said, look, I understand 
uh, where you're coming from. I said, I think that comes from a misunderstanding of what, what fitness and, and nutrition uh, are for, for you or what they can be for you. I said, first off, there's no guarantees. We don't know how long you're going to live. Um, but, you know, we know that you can live better through them. But really, that only happens if you view it from a, 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 the lens of self-care. If you're, if you're exercising and dieting to punish yourself because you hate yourself, then yes, it's going to feel like torture. And yes, you're going to, it's going to feel like an escape and it's going to feel like you're enjoying life when you stop doing that. But if you view exercise and nutrition through the lens of self care, then that is, uh, enjoying your life. That is, uh, a better way to live. So really it's about how you view it. And the problem with the, the modern, you know, uh, body positivity movement is what they're trying, what, what the way people interpret it, or I think the way it gets communicated is uh, love yourself, meaning never have to change anything and uh, objective reality doesn't exist. So everything's great and keep doing what you're doing. Look, you can be objective and you can, I can say to myself, hey, look, I'm not taking care of myself physically. Like I can say that to myself. That's okay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make me a bad person, but I can be honest. But if I say to myself, I'm great with everything, and objectively speaking, I'm just doing everything awesome, you're, you're living in a fantasy land. Right. And you'll never grow. You'll never change. And you'll never grow from that. So that's where I, I, I try to be careful with how I communicate. Body positivity to me means loving yourself in the truest sense. Mm-hmm. And the way you love yourself is by looking at the way you treat yourself and saying, look, if you had a dog, and you love your dog, and you really love them, would feeding them cupcakes every single day be an example of you loving them? No, it'd be terrible. You'd kill your dog. You'd, mm-hmm. you'd want to take care of them. You'd want to feed them right. Every once in a while, you give them a treat, of course, because that's part of you know, loving your dog, too, and having them you know, enjoy the flavor of Well, the, your best analogy you use for this is actually when you used your child. I mean, yeah. those of you that are, that are parents, when you, you know, the decisions that you make for them, they're not always the, the, the fun decisions, disciplines involved in that, sacrificing certain things involved in that, but you do that because you love them. That's right. right. That's right. And if, you, if you really, body positivity should be about true self-love and self-care, which is much harder than people realize. It's very mm-hmm. difficult to really have that honest conversation with yourself because it requires acceptance. It requires accepting that you, you don't, this part of my life over here, I'm not good at I'm not taking care of myself. Now, you, you, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to change it, but the, the first step to change, to real change, is the awareness and acceptance of, of the reality of how certain things are. And if you lie to yourself, if you interpret body positivity as the way I love myself is eating whatever I want and doing what is expedient and pleasurable, you know, pleasure is great. Pleasure feels good. But pleasure isn't always good for you. Yeah, it just right. isn't. You know, um, sometimes it's bad for you. In, in the case of, of diet, food can be very pleasurable, but always eating what is pleasurable and, and expedient isn't taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it is. You know, I'm, I'm, of course, you know, I'm. You know, there's the other end of this too, right? Where, where you get the fitness people who are so psycho uh, obsessed <laughs> yeah. with their nutrition <laughs> that oh, you know. They can't go on vacation. They can't go out to dinner. They, they don't have relationships with friends. Way and measure everything. Yeah, way and measure everything. Look, food also has, food has a lot of qualities. And one of them is the, 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 the hedonistic pleasure of just enjoying the eating or, or celebrating the people around you or context. If, if I go to the movies, part of the experience might be eating, you know, a bunch of popcorn. That's part of it. That's okay too. But 
you want to have that real, true, good relationship with yourself requires honesty and the way that people are interpreting the, the, the body positivity movement um, or a lot the way a lot of people are, are interpreting it is to lie and to, 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 to not be honest with themselves, which is not solving um, any problems. But I do think that as fitness professionals, we need to communicate this with empathy. We need to communicate because I think some fitness professionals come out and they're just hard about right. it. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, look, you're overweight. You're unhealthy. That's the fact. Like, okay, right. it's true. that's true, but you're not helping anybody. Then we need to communicate it with empathy, sensitivity, and also a little self-realization that, you know, I might have figured out nutrition and exercise. So this is an easy thing for me, but I haven't figured everything out. Mm-hmm. I'm just as challenged as this person and other areas of my life. I think we communicate that way. We'll, we'll, we'll do a lot better. That's what I think. Yeah. yeah and I think that, well I think for a lot of people that like have a long road ahead of them, um, with like in, in regard to like weight loss or fitness goals, if you can if they constantly feel like everything about them is wrong, the desire and drive to make those changes over a long period of time, it's just not there. Well, it doesn't, and it doesn't you know, seem attainable. They, instead of, there needs to be an amount, like from a coach, there needs to be an amount, like you said, like having empathy, but for them to be able, for you to be able to communicate with them and help them accept and take responsibility for, you know, where they are and the reality, mm-hmm. but it's also done, it's, in, it's also done in a way that you can almost help them Accept it Except. and, for, like, and forgive, like, themselves forgive themselves for, you know, how they might feel or immediate response to, you know, maybe not have the most positive self-talk because now totally. they're, they're taking responsibility, which can be really uncomfortable, you know, totally. but it, the, the cool thing about it, and I talk about this with people all the time, but what's really cool is that our, our, our bodies are amazing. And, and they're constantly getting, we're going to go through changes and things change and we get older and we might gain weight and lose weight and have a baby or, you know, do all these things. And sometimes some of those things, we might get in a place where it could feel really far away from where you want to be. Yes. Look, here's, look, here's the reality with change. This, this is, I I, I think it's, I I need to communicate this because um, I, I think this helps people understand how real permanent change happens. Mm-hmm. There's really two main ways, right? There's the epiphany, mm-hmm. which is rare. Okay. And epiphany is, you know, I, I, I smoke cigarettes uh, and I, I don't want, you know, I try to quit. I can't quit. I can't quit. And then uh, I get lung cancer. I almost die, but I survive. And that's enough of a shock or an epiphany for me to finally make that change. doesn't always work, but sometimes that happens. Most change doesn't happen through epiphany. I think we all expect that to happen when it comes to nutrition and fitness. Like I'm going to get motivated, inspired, and that's it. Everything's going to change. Very, very, very rare. Most change happens through very, very small, challenging, okay, personally challenging, but but realistic changes. Okay, it's got to be challenging because it has to feel like it's meaningful. It can't be so easy that there's no meaning behind it, Mm -hmm. but it can't be so challenging that it's not realistic. It can't be so challenging that, you know, I say to myself like, okay, that's it. You know, uh, starting today, I'm, I'm not eating any, any bad food ever again. Like that's, that may be too challenging mm-hmm. for you. So find small goals that are challenging, but realistic for you, things that you know you can maintain forever. Then once you push those, 
long enough to where they become a part of how you live. Then you move to the next step. I mean, I, I had a client years ago. She was so, she had such an apprehension to vegetables. She was literally the most unhealthy person. Um, I, and I love this, this person now, but I, I liked her back then too. But she was very, very, I mean, she didn't drink water. She drank Coke. She had no water at all. She drank Coke every day. Vegetables to her were so, she was so opposed to vegetables. They, they made her gag. Okay. So this was a very difficult process. So for her personally, for her, we got to the point, cause I, I did this approach with her and the, you know where she started, what was realistic, but challenging for her was to read one page out of a nutrition book that I recommended to her once a week. That was how we started. So oh. once a week, okay, we're not going to change anything, but just read. And then little by little, we made these very small changes and it took her five years to lose 30 pounds. Okay. That was 15 years ago. Okay. She's gained zero pounds back. That right. is permanent. It yeah. worked. It's a very important thing to communicate to people. And it might be a hard thing to understand because I think we want things that are expedient, but look, it's, uh, I mean, you know, we really don't have a weight loss problem. We have a keep weight off problem, right? Mm -hmm. If people lose weight every, every day, yep. it's, the, it's the permanence that's the issue. Well, yeah. I, I also think that the, the, the fitness space, us as fitness leaders, uh, perpetuate this problem with all the motivation shit all the time and the intensity push. And I, you know, one of the things that we say, I think that's uh, against kind of common knowledge or the norm is, you know, my goal for a client is to do as little as possible to elicit the most amount of change. And sometimes for that, it's reading a, a study once <laughs> a week for that person. Right. I'm looking for one small behavioral change that I can, I can make in their life that I can create a new habit for them. And then I want to build on it. When you throw the whole kitchen sink at something, I could take anybody where they're at currently and give me six months and I can kind of mathematically back it out and go, okay, in six months time, I could add this much muscle to you. I could lose this much body fat to you. I can improve, I can improve your mile by the, I can figure all that out. But the reality of that is it's worth nothing if they fall off and never do it again right. or keep doing the yo-yo cycle. I want to implement things in their life that are going to become permanent for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. And what I've learned over all the decades of training is that, oh shit, when I throw them all of my information or what I think they should be doing at them, most of those people can do it for that short window till the wedding, till mm -hmm. Vegas right. or whatever, but they don't actually fundamentally change their life or create behaviors that they're now going to do forever. And if I'm really truly going to change this person's life or truly help forever, I've got to create behavioral change. And that starts with as little as possible to elicit the most change in their life. And so when I coach that way, and it's, again, it's the opposite of what we see through our, our feeds on social media right now. It's like, it's all hype and motivation and intensity and push and get up. And it's like, man, I mean, that might kind of work for someone like me, like to kind of light a little fire under me because I already love fitness and I've already got, I've, I'm already closed on the value of it really well, but that's not the majority of people. Majority of people look at a lot of us in our space and like, I don't want to fucking be those guys or I don't want to be those girls. Like, no, thank you. Like I've got a life. I've got other things I like to do. I don't, I don't want my whole life to be fitness. And it, mm -hmm. it really doesn't have to be. You can accomplish an incredible things by just learning what the big rocks are and, and starting to slowly implement them into your life. And so, yeah, I think that's a, a message that isn't said enough. And it's something that I think we repeat on the show all the time. Yeah. 
It's agree. Yeah, I completely <laughs> agree. I mean, and I've I've gone through. I mean, I, I, uh, I was definitely one of those crazy people that you know, I weighed and measured weighed. all my food. I counted for years, and and you know, before I actually started like counting macros. I tried a couple other ways of eating and just kind of learned about myself of, you know, what worked and what didn't work. And, um, but I, I started competing and I just, you know, as like a fitness person or a competitor, and then you start adding in like social media, I ended up having so much wrapped around how I looked that Mm -hmm. I, it, it took some like ups and downs. And really like when I, you know, I was injured at, I'm at a competition and I didn't qualify for the CrossFit games. That's when I first went through a really dark place and learning how to accept myself because I had wrapped so much around of my worth around like what value I had to people that followed me around what I looked like. Mm. And it was like, that wasn't the reality, but I didn't know that. It's like, I knew that people followed me and I, you know, I could imagine that they probably followed me for a lot more, you know, for my mind, (laughs) for a lot more than what I looked like or how I placed in a competition. They follow you for your mind. But I still like just had, you know, insecurities that I never really spoke about. And the reason I didn't speak about them is because they were thoughts I had, but I was, you know, worried that if I said them out loud, they might be the reality. (laughs) But yeah, that's go ahead. Just learning how to you know, change relationship with food and learning on, you know, self, self love and not, you know, and, um, self image and not just body image and, and, and that becoming a lot more important to me. I've, you know, I'm, I'm not a completely different person, but I'm just, I'm just so much more, uh, I'm just a better person when it comes to the ability to genuinely like love myself. And it's a process or it's like acceptance, acceptance. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's been years of work and, and it, and I can, it will continue continue to be work, you know? Um, yeah. No, you know, it's, it's, here's the thing that this is the reality, by the way, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, eh, whatever, you know, I, I, I love, you know, I'm, I'm obsessed with my body. This is what I like to, I'm obsessed with my look. You're this, you are going to learn this lesson uh, at one point. Yeah, you're, one way or another. You're going to. You say, but we all get old. Yeah, okay, hey, all I'm old. telling you. I say this all the time. I'm like, hey, enjoy how you look now because you're just going to get older and your body's just going to look shittier. It's it's it's, it's, just, it's you can't you can't fight it. It's a lesson you will look. Here's what the path the path of body obsession and appearance obsession. This is what it looks like. Okay, it looks like. Uh, you know, eating habits that are not good for you, beating yourself up at the gym excessively. It looks like anabolic steroid abuse or supplement abuse. It looks like the the abuse of your body through plastic surgery. Look at celebrities. So I I feel bad for some celebrities because they get so celebrated for their appearance mm-hmm. yeah. and how they look, and you see them age, and they don't age very well often. It, it, it's like plastic surgery after plastic surgery after I can't accept it. I can't accept it. And then you, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's not a very good, so you will learn this lesson one way or another. And, uh, you know, I prefer to do it the, the easier way because, you know, you don't want to get slammed into a brick wall and then, you know, one day realize, holy cow, like I've really abused myself for a long time and I've wasted a lot of years. So 
learn this. And here's the irony, by the way, here's the irony of all this. This is how I sell this. Okay. This is how I sell this to people. Cause I know some people listening right now, they're like, whatever, I don't care. Yeah, I got, I don't give a shit. I got Vegas in two weeks. Yeah. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's saying that right now. Yeah. Let me, let I'll me, love myself later. Yeah. Let me, <laughs> Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Let me sell this to you, okay? It's true 100%. You ask any coach, any trainer who's been working with people for a long time, this is the truth. If you take care of yourself, if your goal is health, if your goal is wellness, you will achieve a great deal of aesthetic appeal. You'll, right. you'll look good. Healthy looks good. If you chase aesthetics, if you chase physical appeal, you will lose your health and then you will lose the aesthetic appeal. Right. Okay, so... The reality is, if you want to look good, here's the irony, you got to focus on your health and your wellness. That's, that's the truth, 100%. Right. So, truth is, if, and this is how I sell it to people that don't really care, you, you want to look good? Get healthy and you'll look good. Mm-hmm. If right. you, it's uh, a side effect. We were talking about this on another podcast with a, uh, someone that came on, and we basically said, like, if that's what you're doing, it's, you will obviously start to look better uh, as a side effect uh, of how you are treating your body. Your body. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. What is what is <laughs> I was like, what it, for some reason I like, keep hearing myself in my headphones. I know, I can I can um first of all, you guys are awesome. Thank you. Second, yeah. What for our listeners and for us. Yeah, because we gotta wrap it up, yeah. Yeah. Each of you, I think it'd be really great to hear some advice. Maybe one thing that you've learned that's really helped you in business. And then, you know, something that you've, you experienced and you learned that's helped with how you got to where you are health-wise. Like what's been the, you know, the most important or the biggest change you've made? I'll, I'll, do, I'll do a business one uh, first and then I'll let Adam go and then we'll go, we'll go back and forth. So uh, here's, a, here's a good business one is learn how to work with and partner with people that are better at you at the things that you're not uh, that good at. It requires a little bit of awareness. Um, but, uh, if you put your ego aside, you can develop some of the best, uh, partnerships, um, that you'll, that you've ever found. And I, I'm extremely blessed to work with the people that I work with because in many aspects, um, of business, they're, they're, they're better than I am. And, uh, and I appreciate that, uh, whereas a, you know, a young version of myself might've felt threatened. Um, I feel very, very blessed. And I think if you, if you find those, you know, know what your weaknesses are, find people who have those as strengths, I think you'll, you'll do an amazing team. Well, that's a nice assist for what I was thinking. So <laughs> feeds right into well, both business and fitness for me. And I think the, the greatest attribute that you can develop in yourself is self-awareness. Um, and what that looked like for me uh, personally was questioning everything I did, good or bad. You know, so and I, and I think the good ones are the ones that are hard, right? So the things that you're having the most success in, uh, the things that you like about yourself, you love about yourself, or you're kicking ass at, uh, it's really easy to not unpack that and dive deep into it. Uh, it's your mask. Cause like, uh, if you've read Lewis Howe's book, he talks about this, uh, many times, uh, we're fooled by these things because we've had great success in it. Um, another example for me, I came from a very little, so I had a, a lot of financial success. Um, and because I was having that, um, it was creating other bad behaviors in my life because it was rooted by an insecurity of not wanting to be poor. Um, and so it took me a long time to reflect and look and unpack that. So when you're moving through life, both in business and fitness, 
question everything. Uh, I created practices uh, years ago uh, at the end of the day, and, I, and this is why I like either journaling or meditation. Doesn't And it doesn't have to be all woo-woo, too. So if you're listening right now, because I'm a very non-woo-woo guy, uh, <laughs> but I, there's a lot of value in this. I think, so, and you know, we talk on our show, right? Sal was already mentioned, like we, we try and communicate this to the average person. So all wellness people that are listening right now here are like, yes, you know, like meditation, right? But the average person is like, that just sounds woo-woo to me. It doesn't have to be that. You don't, you don't have to sit with your legs folded in your hands in a praying position and hum and do weird shit like that. Sometimes for me, it's just sitting down in a quiet place and accounting for my day and, and literally unpacking all of my behaviors. The way I answered the phone when that person called me and I talked to them, uh, the way I might've blown somebody off because uh, I was too busy at the time, uh, the way I interacted with my partners at work, uh, the things that I spent my most time on, were they the most important uh, based off of my value system? Just questioning everything. And I think that you, if you learn to practice that, um, you learn to develop that. And the, 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 it becomes quicker, right? So it started with me at nighttime uh, going back and reflecting on the day and then uh, unpacking each decision or thing that I did. And then I got so good at that because it became a behavior that I did all the time that it can happen on the fly now. You know, I could be, I could be in the middle of a, an emotional conversation with Sal, heated over business, blah, 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 and we're firing. And he has this ability too. It's why we're great partners. And we could be firing at each other. And these get heated. And literally while I'm doing it, I'm less focused on fighting and arguing and being right with him. And I'm more like, why am I so passionate about this? Why do I feel so strongly about this? And trying to put myself in his shoes and, and look at it from his perspective versus just trying to win the argument. And that's just a level of self-awareness that I've achieved through years and years of trying to practice that. I think that's bled into the success that I've had in business. And I think it's bled into the success that I've had with fitness. And it's a practice that uh, doesn't have to be it can be just simply learning to take account for your day. And you start to see uh, all kinds of things. My relationships with my uh, my spouse, my partner, like uh, many times I've been sitting there at the end of my day and I'm thinking about all the things that might have been top of mind because something's going on with business or whatever or clients or what. And then I realize that, you know, my partner is far more important to me than making an extra thousand dollars or making sure that this client has this. And I've deprived her because I was focus. I was distracted by something else and it helps me reorganize my value system. Uh, and that leads to a, a happier life, a happier relationship. Um, so I think the number one thing that, uh, you can focus on that will, you know, I think into business, health, fitness, and other aspects of your life is to continue to develop, uh, your self-awareness skills. You took my answer. I was going to say, maybe you could have talked to my ex. <laughs> well, you know, that's Man, a, I, I mean, wish you would have met you a while ago. Well, I was 30 when I finally <laughs> met Katrina, right? So I'm I'm almost 40 now. So we've been together for 10 years, and uh, it took me lots of uh, bad relationships before. You know, sure. again, I mean, God, we could go down a rabbit hole here of I like, know. <laughs> you know, the, the you know, we talked about fitness insecurities. I mean, there's relationship insecurities that drive us to certain people. Right. Um, 
probably the most common denominator in the relationships that you keep choosing is you, not the people. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you're normally attracted to things that you still haven't dealt with in your own life. So for me, uh, I talked about the insecurity with money and want to be successful. So I attracted all the girls with the help me sign on their back. Right, right. Uh, And and while I was going through it, I was pointing the finger at them as, you know, oh, they were lazy. Oh, this is, no, what am I talking about? I'm the one that fucking was attracted to them. And I was attracted to them because deep down I had this insecurity of wanting to be like a father figure or being so successful and superior almost that I attracted those type of women in my life. And it took me, you know, years and years and many, many girls of dating before I pieced that together. It's not them, it's me. And once I figured that out and then I attracted a woman that was my equal and pushes me to continue to grow and be a greater person. And boy, I mean, I think, uh, again, that it bleeds into all aspects of life. She's a little bit better than you. (laughs) (laughs) I won, right? I won, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I think we have to wrap it up. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Great chat with you guys. Yeah, Yeah. we really really appreciate you both having us on your show. And then once this COVID thing uh, slows down a little bit, you guys will have to come uh, drive down to San Jose and come hang out for the day. Yeah, we would love that. Yeah, absolutely. And we'd um, we'd love to have you guys back on the show at some point. Awesome. Yeah, anytime. Yeah, it was a great time. Okay. Well, uh, have a good, what day is it today? I don't know. Friday? (laughs) Yeah, isn't that funny how it's All the days are blurring together. Yeah, um, yeah, have a great sure. Friday. Have a great Friday. Stay healthy. Yeah, you you and, guys uh, do too. Cool. And actually, before you go, um, let our let the followers, let the listeners know where they can find you. Uh, individually or yeah, most- both. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, indi- individually yeah. and basically any anywhere you'd like them to uh, be able to get information from you. Sure. Okay. So um, individually, we're most active on Instagram. Um, I'm Mind Pump Sal. Adam is Mind Pump Adam. So really easy to follow. Uh, the podcast, of course, Mind Pump, and you can find that on any platform. But what we really try to do is produce a lot of free content. Um, you know, we, we of course we have to monetize the podcast mm-hmm. um, in order to to support what we do. But but really, a lot of what it also supports is our ability to give as much free information as possible. So we have a website, uh, mindpumpfree.com. And we have a lot of free guides uh, and resources on everything from like how to get a better squat, you know, how to work out your arms better, you know, uh, you know, ab workouts, nutrition guides. We have one for personal trainers. So if you're thinking about being a fitness coach or you just became a a personal trainer and you want to learn how to be more successful, there's a guide there. So this there's a bunch of free stuff there at mindpumpfree.com. We like to drive people there because, um, you know, just, just consume all of our free stuff. Uh, yeah. the, the podcast, the, the free resources. We have a YouTube channel, Mind Pump TV, with lots of exercise demos and stuff like that. And then hopefully we win you over and you realize that we, you know, we know what we're talking about. We're experienced and you like us and, and you stick around. But but check out all our free stuff. Yeah, make awesome. sure you guys go and check them out on other platforms and I mean, after if you've just listened to this whole podcast, these guys are full of really, really good yeah. information. So go check out the website for sure. Yeah. And they're smarter than us, so <laughs> they're way smarter. <laughs> way smarter. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, all right. Thanks for your time, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, girls. All right, See bye. You, okay, guys. Well, all right. That was, that was the very longest cool. podcast that, we've done. That was really long. Hopefully you guys hung in there for the whole thing, but tons a lot of, of good information. Tons of good information. Really great. These guys are really cool. We had been talking to him for a while trying to figure out how we were going to do this. Yeah. And that's what's so funny is 
I don't know if anyone ever actually looked at like, where do you live? I know. I know. I didn't realize we live so close to them. Yeah. Anyway. All right. We're going to wrap it up because it's been so long, but thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to to rate, rate, review, subscribe, five-star rating, five-star warning, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.